Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? It's a wonderful, cold, wintry night here in southern Indiana, uh, Dennis. You, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what what it is where your temperature is, but we're in the 20s now, um, as we are. Had snow here uh, around a couple of days ago. I think it's melted by now, but it lasted a good day or so. It was very pretty. It was one of those pretty snows. The the leaves hadn't totally come off the trees yet, so it still had like puff balls all over the trees and made it look real nice. So mm. cold, but you know it's it's winter time. That's what we do here, right? Or yeah, I, I guess not yeah. technically I'm, winter, but right. I'm still in Tennessee. It's uh, uh, the app tells me it's 41, but uh, it's supposed to actually. It might not get to freezing oh, that's, tonight. That's which, pretty. That's pretty nice. For I'll take 41. We'll be. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it's cold. I don't know. I mean, that's the internet, so it could be less accurate. I did disconnect all my water stuff because last night it got well. It got down to like twenty, and uh, my I have an inline water filter outside that connects to the. It's just a hose, right? So it, it runs through a filter first, and that froze and cracked last night. So I had to go buy a new one. But uh, oh man, those things are like. They're like Brita filters. You're supposed to replace them every couple months anyway. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, that makes Maybe sense. six months, but I don't know. It's just a, it's like a plastic cylinder with a, a carbon charcoal, whatever inside, and then hose fittings on both ends. Oh, okay. Um, and so they're, they're cheap. They're like 15 bucks at Walmart. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I actually got a new, um, a better like two stage filter system that's uh like one you would put in a house i'm gesturing like you can see me that have the um inlet and outlet at the top and then it hangs down the cylinders hang down and they have um different types of filters inside yeah um i got one of those that goes on the other end of the hose right before the water comes into the camper okay um and i don't know i've only used it once i didn't set it up here um, cause I moved on over the weekend, moved camp and I didn't set that up because I'm like, if it's going to freeze, I don't want these filters outside hanging off. They mount, it mounts on the, on the frame of the camper. I'm like, that's way out there. It's going to freeze and probably get damaged. And it's not super expensive, but it's a lot more expensive than those hose filters. Right. And so I kept it inside and didn't hook it up. I'm still on the fence about whether it's going to really hinder my water pressure. Um, but anyway, and that's just part uh, of the camp, camp, camper problems, adventure. you know, or, or mm-hmm, things you got to mm-hmm. deal with. It's like just house maintenance, but you know, yours is moving all the time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to have even more moving parts, I guess is, is the thing there. Uh, so we had, we had a, a, a pretty, I had, or at least I had a pretty good week and I know we've got, we got some things that we talked about. So let's, uh, jump into our, well, I will start off by saying, I know we were excited to watch Wakanda forever this week, but you were the only one, uh, responsible enough to go watch it. Uh, or I, sh- <laughs> I, I, I should, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't say that because responsible I, is not the word I would use, but <laughs> right. for sure. Uh, right. No, I, yeah, I, I, oh, so we won't, I guess the long story that we won't talk about today, it, it's not necessarily irresponsible. I just, you know, was really busy this weekend and had a lot of stuff we did. And as we'll talk about later, we had, a, I had like a, a gaming weekend this weekend. So that was, that was the, the bulk of my weekend. Um, 
to be able to not not be able to get out but i am going to go see it this week um so we'll we will pass on our wakanda forever talk that i know everyone is talking about and i have to spend the next day or so like i had been last weekend fighting off spoilers online you, you just go to any news site or innocuous <laughs> site and there's a ad on the side spoiling everything you know have you seen what did you think about this person being the new black panther you're like oh shut up <laughs> uh, i mean that doesn't seem like a spoiler to me but well uh, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know who i will say i don't know besides pre speculations strong speculations mm, I, I don't from know the trailers from the trailers i don't know if that's confirmed or not but I know it's going. Sure. People are going to want to confirm it in titles of, of you know, news stories. Uh, so yeah, so I didn't see that, but I did watch this week's um, movie of the week. Okay, we watched Cinema Paradiso, uh, an Italian film from 1988. Um, I won't name any actors because you won't have heard of any of them. Yes, yeah, not not a one. It um it won an Oscar that year, I assume for foreign language film. Yep. Uh in in nineteen ninety, which is interesting. Um but maybe that was by the time it got released uh, or shown in theaters in the US or something. Right. Um Yeah, this is uh, let me think how much of a... I mean, there are definitely things that could be spoiled about the ending. Um, but let's... Let me try and... Or let's try and, and talk about it without spoilers, just from a high level first, sure. maybe? Sure, yeah. Uh, I think... Um, oh, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, I, uh, well, th- I think that's pretty easy, because I don't think this is a spoiler just to say that I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't think there's a lot of real twists and turns or story per se. The story is laid out in any kind of trailer or synopsis of the movie. And it doesn't really deviate too hard from it. From that standpoint, it's shallow, but that's not the point of it. The point is, is um, what I want to talk about here. Spoilers is that it's just a nowadays we'd call it nostalgic look at cinema or, um, I'm using bad terms here, which I shouldn't be, but uh, fan service for cinema files, of which I include myself. You know, fans of the cinema is what I, what I mean by that. Yeah, um, and, cinephile. Yeah, and 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 uh, and this is a movie for them, by them, for them, uh, and it. I think it's the only one I've seen has done it as well as it has to just celebrate what is so good about actually going to the theater and this is more historical so it takes place during the 40s at the end of world war ii all the way through the 80s um italy yeah yeah. in italy and it specifically talks about this town in italy and it's 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 kind of interesting too because it shows that you know italy is different than us so it's an italian movie so i get to view a different country and how they had communal stuff i mean i know about drive-throughs and things like that from american standpoint um and i can tell you a lot about you know the history and how people did stuff in America, but seeing it from a small town in Italy was really fun and interesting. And it was just, this show is written, um, to, to celebrate all the things that cinema and that experience gives through the life of this one 
character, right? The character kind of has his life throughout it and he has it, but it's not just him, but it, it's, it's all the way through. And I personally didn't think that it had a lot of big, like dramatic scenes or big things that were like amazing, but it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It did it really well. I don't know of another one. It's probably did it as well. Um, and it, and it ended and it just kind of just, it just ended. Um, mm-hmm. and so when I was done with it and we're not in post boilers right now, I felt like, okay, it did what it was supposed to do. Nothing more, nothing less. And it did it well. So, yeah, yeah there's a, there's a thing that I've heard, um, screenwriters say, and I don't know, this gets into the world of like terms of art and what's the difference between like, uh, I mean, some of these are obvious, so I'll rattle these off. Like, character, plot, setting, um, those are all pretty well defined. Um, but one that I've heard fairly recently, um, I like to watch a YouTube channel called Film Courage. Okay. Um, the, their videos that show up on my YouTube feed a lot are um, a writer, I want to say his name is Chris Gore, maybe? I don't know what he's known for, but it's a it's a YouTube channel that is all interviews, and they're in that format where you sometimes hear the voice of the interviewer, but you never see them. Like, the video itself is just the person being interviewed, and their answers sort of cut together, and so you hear the... You sometimes hear the interviewer, like, asking a question, or leading from one topic into another, or trying to steer the the interviewee back, back on topic, but... Um, a lot of Chris Gore's videos are about new, and I hope I'm getting the name right because I'm doing this, describing this from memory. Um, he talks about newer projects like, um, you know, Rings of Power and Marvel. It's like he doesn't get too specific on those. It's not like a screen crush kind of channel or anything, but he approaches, you know, his perspective is from screenwriting. So, you know, he's like this and this, and you're doing this, and I think this is really alienating this audience. They're a little more, the topics are a little more controversial, and so those are the things that pop up on my on my feed more. Yeah. But there are also a lot of other writers that will say interesting things, right? You'll get some kind of more old-school uh, screenwriter who says, you know, you should never write from an outline because you're hindering your creative process. It's the same thing that like Stephen King would say about novels. Um, and then another director saying, if I don't have an outline, like I can't, I can't write the story because I'm, you know, I end up meandering all over the place and there's no, and there's no guide. There's no map to show mm-hmm. me how to get through it. And it's interesting. It's fascinating for me to see how, different people approach the process anyway i'm way off on a rabbit trail (laughs) there my point is um one of these writers said that and i've i've heard this before i don't know if i've heard it described quite this way um describing the difference between plot and story yeah and in his estimation a story is a chronicle it's just here are the things that happened in order yeah. Where a, a plot is here is how we're going to take the, the facts of the events and order them, maybe reorder them, tell them in a way that makes an interesting, engaging experience. Yeah. Now, to me, maybe better terms would be 
story versus chronicle, but nobody talks about chronicle in writing. They talk about plot and they talk about story. So, mm-hmm. okay, sure. That that's the two. Like to me, the thing that you remix into like you could call that a story too. In the way that we say we might say the original Lord of the Rings is not a great story from the perspective of telling a story. Yeah, because there's there are so many uh, extraneous and you know quote-unquote unnecessary details yep um and that's where you'd call it like a travel log right because Mm -hmm. they're moving but it's a it's a chronicle this this movie is very much like a chronicle with a couple of time jumps it's also told in a frame so there's that but you're right in saying that it's very much just um I mean, you wouldn't call it a, a biopic because it's, I, I, you know, I assume the characters are all fictional. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a biography of this of this fictional person, mm-hmm. and the the this specific time or handful of times in their life, all told in flashbacks, so you know where the character ends up. You're just not sure how they got there, and the movie tells you part of why of how they got there and not all of it yeah yeah for sure the, the um go ahead uh, as i said the uh, the characters are the the see the actors we talk about from like how are they performance stand, standpoint and and uh the direction and stuff i don't so the, i will say first off this is um how do i say it's hard to to say bad things about this because it almost feels like sacrilegious to so many people it's one of those, um, I think Cinema Paradiso sure. is sitting at 95 plus for everybody on both sides it's, of the coin. For, yeah, for for what it is and what it's doing, it's one of those that sits in a, like a pantheon, whatever you want to call that, like a pantheon of un, unimpeachable films. Like, yeah. very often that list includes things like The Godfather and um, uh, Citizen Kane. And Seven Samurai. Yeah. Um, and and, and I've, ex- I've never had problems speaking out against those, you know, that clearly. Um, right, that, right. My thing. And, and, I, and I don't have, like, I'm not a, not a big fan of um, uh, what Citizen Kane, for example. Uh, but, right. But, uh, so I'll speak. But this one isn't the same way. Like, I, I don't have those feelings against one. But I will say, generally, I would not recommend this to, like, my family, per se. Just because sure. they would be like, it's fine. Right. Um, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. anything, when I was done, actually, it took me a day to feel better. When I was done, I felt like meh. I'll be very honest. That was my, that was my my initial feelings was meh. It was fine. You know, and, and as, as many me. as many movies as we've watched, I can I've seen so many things like acting, writing, plot, storyline that I could say are more engaging, more, et cetera, et cetera. And then a day later or so, you know, thinking back on it and having time to kind of think of back, I appreciated it. And my meh went from, okay, that's pretty good because I think it was the meaning that the overall meaning of the show, which allowed it to sink into me and, and stop seeing all those things that, that weren't all that great. Not, they weren't bad. They just weren't great. And, Mm -hmm. and then realize that as a whole is what this is about. I also, I'll admit that in the first 30 seconds of the movie or, 20 minutes it feels like is it's just the at least the the edition that i watched is just they're showing credits 
the beginning of like all the awards, yeah. all the awards yeah. it got. And I'm like, okay, mm. you're based. This it almost felt insulting. It's like you are telling me I better like this show I'm going to watch, or I'm or I'm not good. You know, yeah, because whatever kind it. of streaming or you know whatever uh, thing that we had yeah. had all of those credits at the beginning, which was weird but i don't know yeah you know. it was fine but it, uh, it went on for so long fact, right like, like like nobody in the nobody in the theater was seeing all those credits right? yeah yeah and and i kept i kept thinking like okay can we just stop I, you say things like oscar award winner or whatever but it went on to every accolade it ever got and i was like mm-hmm. uh, all right all right enough so that kind of put me on a on a bad foot of this um and then um it did have the feeling of i feel like i'm being negative i don't mean to seem to be that way it's just uh, i think there's some shows that are cinematic legends that when you watch that are almost untouchable that have all all of the things right and this one mm-hmm. seems to be in those same conversations but i don't think it should be it should be put in a conversation from a film appreciations class like that feels like this should be in every single every single film appreciation class should start with this movie i think um now and I know so. about it's it's funny that you say that because I know of this movie um because I watched it in a film appreciation. Oh, there you college. go. Yeah. Yeah, it that that sounds right and it should that that's rightfully so. So your teacher seems to have got it and got it right and um uh, because I I agree wholeheartedly that this is about film appreciation. And that's that's yeah. just a good term for this one and it nails it really well. And I love the cinema and going to the theater so that's why my next day kind of feeling and later on was much better because I realized, yeah, it's telling, it's trying, it's doing a good job of telling my feelings, not my specific feelings because my experiences with the theater is different than this one. But right. a lot of the people in this show they they had different experiences with cinema Paradiso than, and you could just tell, right. And they did a good job of cutting. There was the, 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 People who got married, right? They're just little little mm-hmm. hints of stuff. There's the the town square yeah. guy. There's the mayor. There's the guy that repeats everything. Like, you know, they're just little things, but you get them all the way through, and they're everyone's. There's so many different what how these people appreciated cinema uh, represented here, uh, and they weren't all mine yeah. in, in any way. But I I liked that a lot about it, and I and I appreciated it greatly because of it. Um. But I don't know. We've got much spoilers on this one. What, what, what would we spoil? I mean, um, think about going into spoilers. I, there's there's a storyline, but the storyline's kind of almost spelled out at the very beginning. It starts with him being older, right? And it that's talks, true. And it talks that's about true. It, like in the first five minutes, a character is having a funeral, and they say his name right off the bat. So mm-hmm. you know that's where it's going to end up. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's got a it's got a good scene we'll we'll call it the kissing scene at the end that's not too mm-hmm. spoilerish which is pretty good you know um i didn't i didn't realize that what was what it was going to be at the end and i thought that was pretty pretty cool um i yeah i mean i watched this 20 plus years ago mm-hmm. and so i couldn't there were there were little bits of it that i remembered but most of the story i did not at all um which i guess is not surprising but mm-hmm. as it got closer i was like Oh, I think I know how this how this ends. Well, it doesn't really um, have a story, is the thing. It does have a story, but it's there's not like. I mean, yeah, I kept right? thinking of um, 
It's not like anybody uh, overcomes adversary ad, adversity no. or you know. Uh, no, and so that's the that's the stuff that I would say is is a little bit spoilery. Um, so uh, I don't know. I'm gonna hit the bell here. Sure. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it for long. Uh, if you're still here and you haven't seen Cinema Paradiso, and if you are uh, a lover of film, you should watch it because it's good. And if you already know the stuff that we're about to talk about, it might kind of spoil the experience a little, but I don't know. This might e- this might actually be one where knowing the spoilers helps because you're not expecting the stuff that I was expecting, even though I had seen it before. Um. Yeah. But the big ones for me, so if you don't want to get spoiled, skip ahead. Uh, the big ones for me is that he never finds the girl again. Yeah. Sure. And and they tear down the theater and he goes home. Yeah. And, and um, typically those are things that are that are like bad for me, right? Like it's a negative. Right. Index, I, but... I kept thinking of um, um, The Majestic with, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. with, with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Where when I watched that years ago in the theater, I was like, oh, this is great. And then when I watched it again, I was like, boy, this is like like a high-budget Hallmark movie. <laughs> Just so like yeah. convenient little stuff and a stupid amnesia gimmick and all of that stuff. And so I was expecting like maybe he, now that he's a rich big shot, is going to buy it and he's going to refer. Except they already did the refurbish the yeah. theater story 30, 40 years ago. Right. Um, and you, you know, I would, I would you know, I would actually recommend for the average person, the majestic over this movie and not because the majestic is a better movie from it, but it just like, it does like, you're right. It has not a great story, but it's got a story. It's got a thing at a beginning and a middle and end. And this one, yeah, is like what yeah. you said. I mean, it's more if, of a ta- chronicle of a thing. Yeah, and it has a thing. I actually thought of this when we were talking off air. You were talking about that uh, yeah. Sigourney Weaver movie. It reminded me of how uh, the Majestic has that big speech. Jim Carrey gives that big, mm-hmm. that big, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington style speech in yeah. front of the the Red Scare McCarthyist, uh, you know, board. And it's very like sappy and saccharine and you know, kind of kind of stuff. And and this this movie, of course, doesn't have any of that. So it's yeah. If you are a, I mean, if you're still listening and haven't seen it, you're in the wrong segment. So maybe <laughs> maybe I'll save that for after spoilers. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess that's the only spoiler thing. And you don't really find out much at all about his life in the present or in the eighties, right in the frame. All you know is that he left the town 30 years ago and never came back. And you know that at the beginning, but you don't find out why until almost the end. Um, and he had this man in his life who was a grumpy old man. It's kind of a little bit like, um, St. Vincent that we watched last week, um, who becomes a kind of father figure, to him because he doesn't have a dad. His dad died in the war. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the, I, yeah, th- I think the reason this wasn't, so it didn't bother cool. me. Like I was just saying like it, it, that these typically would with these tragic where 
a lot of tragic things or not things happen is because there wasn't a story. And by that point, when all the, the tragic, I'm using air quotes on air here to say tragic things happen, like the girl not coming back or the, the cinema bring down. I, I never really, because the, the movie was long. It felt long at times um, because, and when it felt long is when I was struggling to find, trying to, to find what the, the story thread was. And, mm-hmm. and then I realized that there's, I think I just felt, I let that go about halfway through that yeah. like it was such a long time as him as a young boy and that never really mm-hmm. progressed. And then there was like a, the, you know, the part with the, the fire and that was like a, a, a plot point. Um, and then all of a sudden you switch him and he's uh, a young adult, but it never really does anything there either. He has a love interest, but then it just peters out and immediately go like he goes to war. Um, and yeah. she's, she's gone, but it doesn't do a whole lot there. And then he gets, he's older again and now he's coming back. So, and they spend a lot of time on these special things and not a lot happens. It's just, again, I think that's, but that's not really the, the story of the show. Again, air quotes isn't, yes, it's framed with him, but I don't think that's the the point. Even his romance and things is, doesn't feel like the point of the show. It's, it's, no. it's still the cinema paradiso. It's the place. And all the people yeah. within it. Um, he he definitely has love of the place. And he's one of the people. But he's just the one that we're hearing from. He doesn't have... I don't think he has anything. And you know what? The spectacular things he does in life, we don't see any of it. We don't see anything he does when he no. goes to war. No. We don't see anything that he does when he goes... When he gets older. So right. that, that seems like that would be the story to follow if this was the Majestic. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that might be one of the things that that people appreciate about so much about this movie is that the the story is so small and it's so it has these moments of like emotion and um you know there were there were things that I laughed about. I don't think it made me cry at any point, but I could see it doing that to the right person in the right context. Um because it's you know, just a couple slices of... Because it doesn't follow his whole life. It follows his coming of age, sort of. Yeah. Um, And and that's it. Like, it's... And, he, and he's a normal person, right? He doesn't... Whatever... If he does anything fantastic, the movie is not about that, like you just said. And the movie doesn't talk about it. Like, the things that we see him do are pretty normal mundane things. Right. Um, and we still get a very beautiful movie out of it without any fantastical, really compelling story. It's just a very, um, it feels weird to call it quiet because they're Italian and they're loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say that that's something about is that, uh, it being an Italian film was pretty great. That added a lot of flavor for me. I'll say that, that maybe not sure. for the original Italian audiences. I, I don't know because I don't know. I've never lived in Italian life or in Italy, so I, I don't know. But if it's caricatures or, or whatever, but the right. way that they like the, they treated their kids and the way the kids acted felt very stereotypical. What we think of as Italians, but sure. I I don't know if that's again Hollywood doing stereotypic Italy, but I, I, for example, 
like the kid's kind of a troublemaker. He's always talking back to the adults, and the adults like beat on the kids and then run off and slapping them around. Slap around. And there's, yeah, I did. There was one laugh out loud scene that I did have. It's the only one that I had that was really laugh out loud. It was when the the teacher keeps bashing the other kid's head in the board, <laughs> like with the ruler. With, yeah. No, no. Like remember, she takes his head and then bashes. Oh yeah, him the and, chalkboard. and knocks his head against the yeah. Yeah, like well, two or three I mean, times. I laughed. I'm like, is that really a thing they did in Italy? I don't in the right. Well, 50s. I mean, I mean, it's it's the time, right? Like that stuff. I th- I think a lot of that stuff was still going on here, and this is you know an Italian director uh, and writer, and the other the collaborating writer has an Italian name too. Yeah. So I assume you know if it's if it's exaggerated, it's only exaggerated for the time, right? Because this is a movie set in the 40s and 50s that was made in the late 80s. Yeah. Right. So it's not it's not even culture of like. At least I don't think, um, you know, the director was born in Sicily. Um, I don't think it's somebody from outside Italian culture, like exaggerating Italian culture. It's somebody in it, right? Who? Yeah, I may, maybe um, you're right. Yeah. You know, I mean the the director was born in '56, so he wouldn't have lived through this time at that age. Yeah, but. Um, you know, there's. <laughs> it was just very. There, there's a little there's, stark there's, type stuff, you know, and the and the, yeah, the, 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 like the all adults well. are always just just railing on the kids the whole time, you know, and the kids yeah. just kind of take it and then run off and do their own thing, and they're running loose, and they're the kids are passing cigarettes around. Passing, and, yeah, I was like, man, that, that whole culture is just totally totally weird, different thing, and, and time. So that that added my point there was that it added flavor and spice to the to the story for me just because of the culture. Well, you know, they yeah. weren't trying and to make a point that, with that, I don't think, but yeah. And some of it is, I I think some of it serves to show the passage of time, right? Like you see mm-hmm. how different sure. the theater is once they reopen it, once he's in charge and is showing the full movies without the kissing edited out. Um, as you know, you see at the beginning with the priest, <laughs> that, um, was, that was pretty great too, with the bell ring ringing the bell and he's putting the paper in the reel kind of thing yeah that's something i didn't know that they did either but that's pretty great how they chopped out all the right the kissing scenes or whatever and i did like the the comment like we never get to see kissing and then when they actually show kissing how people lost their minds and then they got into kind of a smutty theater type thing and that was yeah that was entertaining so yeah uh moving on spoilers um yeah it was it was a good movie i think it's four cinemaphiles and um we talk a lot about how star wars movies are made for star wars or star trek movies are made for star trek fans uh i think this movie was made for fans of the of the theater of going Mm -hmm. to the uh, and and who had had special parts in their heart i guess for the experience of the experience of the theater and i i personally talk about that a lot uh, especially when I talk about the theater and Sid and I just recently, I said, we, we went back and watched a movie in the theater just because we hadn't seen one in a while. And it's almost like a kind of a coming home type thing. And in this movie, it is a literal coming home and it involves that. Um, yeah. And even, and even in a, it, in, in a lot of cultural ways that we would not that, that you or I would not appreciate now. Right. There are yeah. things happening in the theater. There's a guy quoting every line before the characters on screen, before the actors on screen say it. 
I was waiting uh, for somebody know. to like yell at that guy. <laughs> yeah, there there are a lot of like rowdy kids making noise. There's a guy in the balcony always spitting on people below yeah. during every movie and all the, but it's it's like all part of this um you know this experience for all these people in this time because the movie covers enough time to where that fully you know goes into decline in the late 80s yeah um when the movie was made and where the frame is set yeah so i i and who would i recommend this to as i always like to say i again only i think people who are fans of cinema um or or have have a a fondness for going to the theater i know now in my life which i didn't realize i had so many people in my life since 2020 um who don't like the theater or who have never liked the theater and to me that's still a very foreign thing i've always seen this thing but a lot of people came out of the woodworks in 2020 to champion never just shutting down theaters for all time which was a big surprise mm-hmm. to me uh so I would have recommended everybody until this point, and now I now I would look back and say now I would definitely not those this would be lost on those people for sure. Um, yeah. But if um, if you like the theater, and I don't talk about if you like movies, that's not what this is about. If you like the, the theater, that's who I'd recommend it. Otherwise, I would like most of my family. I would not sit down. I don't think with any people in my family to watch this this one. Not that it's bad. That's not right. a, a bad thing. It's just for a targeted audience, I think. For sure. Uh, next week, so... Yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, think I, 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 I had off. a... I had some comparison with the Majestic that we made in spoilers. I think if you if you are into movies and the theater, the big screen experience, especially, you know, from a, like, classic, historic kind of perspective you're gonna like this movie and if you don't if you're a you know just just entertain me kind of movie watch you might like the majestic but it's it's not very good so you could just watch whatever yeah 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 yes i agree with that uh so next week it's mine and i'm gonna do i'm throwing a curveball here um the instead of what we like so what we would uh it's on our list we, we have some prepped movies that we kind of you know want to watch um but mm-hmm. i discovered one that people say it's an anime called bell i kind of previewed it to you last week um oh look, yeah i thought it sounded familiar yeah it's it's got a it's kind of a take on beauty and the beast ish type thing with anime but mm-hmm. not really mm-hmm. uh, yeah high school kids and cyber dragons and stuff like that so a skew on the beauty and the beast it looks really good comes highly recommended Five star on a lot of people. So, Bell, B E L L E, uh, the animates from Studio Ghibli. And I love those okay. guys. So, sure. Yeah. 2021. So, fairly new. See, that's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, what was I doing? So, I, um, I don't know. There's more details in this, but I was, I was camped over the weekend off i wasn't really off grid because i actually had better internet than i did at the campground but um anyway i was at camp and uh our buddy pete said that he was gonna watch the new netflix uh christmas movie with Lindsay lohan oh yeah we've got that coming up here soon don't we our christmas time yeah i i had that i had that kind of on my radar and he mentioned it and so i looked and it was out um 
And so I watched it. Um, it's in the same style and maybe universe as all of the other Netflix Christmas. Oh, really? Another. Movies. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, there are, well, at least they, they, they're being consistent. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I only caught one crossover cameo, but it's definitely in the style. So if you imagine, let's see, uh, you know, the movie overboard. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. Either the original or the remake. I assume that you've seen it because of your lifelong (laughs) Kurt Russell Russell. infatuation. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's, so it's like overboard, but a Christmas movie, right? So you've got a little bit of it's wonderful life, maybe a little bit of white Christmas, um, you know, a little bit of your basic Hallmark-esque, like here's a single dad with a daughter and his mother-in-law running a ski lodge. And then Lindsay Lohan's character is basically Paris Hilton, right? (laughs) Wealthy, wealthy daughter of a hotel magnet who has a completely worthless, self-obsessed boyfriend, Mm -hmm. fiance, and, uh, you know, takes a, a spill, a fall while skiing, hits her head, and wakes up and doesn't know who she is, right? That's the overboard. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's uh, the rep- uh, uh, parallel. Part of it. Yeah. And it's and it's very by the numbers. There's almost nothing that surprises you. Um, you know, it's got all the tropes. I mean, I just rattled off several of them. Uh, and it was it was fine, right? It's the same... The, what I what I mean when I say in the same style as the other Netflix Christmas movies is it's very trying to walk the very delicate line between um what did I say in chat I don't know the line between good bad and bad bad or man I forget I had a I had a better way of putting it <laughs> when I finished the movie um. Would would you say it, uh, it crossed over to good bad? Most of the time, yeah. There was nothing. <laughs> there was, a, there was that, a little there, bit of a pause there. I'm gonna make sure we get that edited. That pause in there for sure. <laughs> it's this. I mean, it's the same reaction I have every time I watch one of these, right? Sure. Where I'm like, it's it's like uh, it's like Poe's law, but without the political implication. Sure. Um, uh, like, oh, here's what I said: sincere and bad which is how I would describe most Hallmark Christmas movies, right? Like here's a movie and everybody worked hard on it and it's a real thing. And look at this beautiful love story and nothing about that. It's like, it's a sappy cliched (laughs) contrived love story. Right. And these movies, which feel like they're doing that, but as satire, Right, satirical bad is how I called it. Yeah, the, well, like, that's it's that's, ve- it's very right. self aware in a way that I don't think most Hallmark Christmas movies are. Right, um, they they do that on Netflix ones, right? Like you would say that in general, they're aware of that's, where what they're doing, right? That's my that's my understanding. Like from the Christmas Prince, which was the first one that I saw, I was like, this has like they're doing the nineties credits the 90s style credits like from home alone like this has to be a gag like you know it's too it's too on the nose to not be a little bit winking right like mm-hmm. not full-on comedy like you know there's no laugh tracks or anything 
But you're like, oh, yeah, they're doing they're doing all of these bits, but it's tongue in cheek. And so then you have the, as I say, the Poe's Law part of it where you're like, what's the difference between doing that intentionally as a joke and what Hallmark does? And it's sometimes hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. The I think... I think you have did, to be really overt did, about it, like right, like if did if we watch Castle bit, for Christmas? You got to do the bit. Did we watch Castle for Christmas for the podcast, or did I just watch that? I, I let me tell you this, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I say maybe because they, honest to God, all run together. I'm impressed right. that you and Pete can keep them all. And like I know you guys talk about, oh, well, this one they did this, and I remember when she did this. Like they, they, they all have castles. There's all kings and queens and plots to stop them there's always the same villain and i'm not knocking it that's important but i can never tell if i've seen it before or not i mean so. you would remember castle for christmas because it's it's brooke shields and carrie elvis i right? do like brooke shields and i do remember watching one with brooke shields so probably brooke shields and and wesley right carrie elvis yes uh from princess bride yes I do uh, remember he's the that, guy. That. He's he's older. It's it's Scotland in a castle. I, I, oh, this... I know this one. Yes, I know that yes. one. Yes, it's the house, and they don't like each other. And he, she's going to buy it, and she's a writer, and she's she's a writer, and she has to live upstairs one... in that drafty. Yeah, that room. one to me felt like it it leaned too far into sincerity to be yes. good bad, and ended up mostly just being bad. I, I think it was trying to actually be a hallmarky movie that people would like, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. No, I I think uh, well, it's probably my age and and my subject matter. I think I like the kind that are leaning into the to the bad, like when when you almost when you almost swear they're winking at you, right? Th- that's right. I I think I like those a lot. Those those are. I'll say good. this this movie, uh, the the Falling for Christmas, which is the Lindsay Lohan one. It had one very obvious like old guy in town who's the real Santa. Mm-hmm. And then another guy who I was like, could he be a fake Santa? Um, <laughs> he wasn't, but the, the Santa was like, he was dressed in red and had a white beard and he had a hat, like fl- a flat hat, like the hats I wear, except it was red. And he's literally selling sleighs, yeah. uh, you know, at the, at the street fair. And he does, he casts a little like Christmas magic that instigates this is maybe a spoiler, but whatever. This movie is not good enough to, you know, be not not spoiling the 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 little girl, the main the male lead who is um. Well, you haven't seen Acapulco, but uh, I forget his name. He's the guy who plays Chad in Acapulco, which is funny <laughs> <Chad>. because in <laughs> like the name. in that show he's playing the like douchey other guy, uh, who who proposes to the main love interest in mm-hmm. in season one that's a little bit of a spoiler for acapulco um and in this show he's the you know the worn out single dad running the ski lodge whatever but his daughter the character of his daughter makes a wish a christmas wish when they light the tree or something it might not be one that might be a different scene <laughs> she makes a wish and the and the the guy who's clearly real santa in disguise but not at all in disguise like does the little finger on his nose thing and the sparkles go up in the air and that like instigates what becomes the gust of wind 
that hits Lindsay Lohan and her, you know, the the crappy boyfriend you're not supposed to like to knock her down the hill where she hits her head and gets amnesia and knock him the other way where he, you know, spends the rest of the, the whole second act like on a in a odd couple situation trying to get home with no phone signal so he can't keep his uh of course of course can't, no phone signal, can't right. keep his 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 um uh, uh social media engagement up with no Jeez. no phone service right, anyway it like it's ridiculous getting, getting jump and kind of funny you're getting a jump on it already dennis uh, didn't you just chastise me last week about that it's not even thanksgiving yet you're right you're right and but you jumped I was, right into it I stayed so so this is why I started giving context for this because I stayed um I left the last camp a day early and stayed at a harvest host I think I've described that before um at a distillery in Tennessee about halfway between this campground and the campground I came from and so when I went there I parked and went inside and sampled some whiskey from this it's mostly moonshine but he had whiskeys yeah um and bought a bottle and came back to my camper and the place closed at seven but it's you know it's central time and we're daylight savings time now so it gets dark like at five i was annoyed that it was dark when i got out of black panther because i went in to a movie that started at 2 30 and it was dark <laughs> when i came outside you're like what how long was uh, that movie right right and it was you know it was like quarter 20 after five and i'm like well yeah it's dark now yeah, right. and so i did that and you know came back out to my camper and i was like it's not even seven o'clock and pete <laughs> said that pete said that thing about this movie and i was like you know what i'm gonna watch that movie just like com- completely spur them. I don't think he and Liz even watched it or maybe they started it and fell asleep or something, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, well, yeah. make sure you save some for me during, during this Christmas. I know it's a, there's always a short time in between there, but, uh, that's true. We'll have to dig up some, uh, some more obscure. Yeah. The, the, uh, I, I, I mean, we've been doing this for years now. I think everybody knows that I, I, I like Christmas types type stuff. I'm, I'm actually, uh, uh, decided that I'm now that I'm a year away from it. Um, I'm going to watch eight, eight bit Christmas every year because I really liked it when I watched it. And mm. this whole year later, I'm like ready to watch it again. Uh, just, I remember just liking Christmas that time. and I forget everything. Is it about a kid who wants a Nintendo? I think so. I, I remember with, it with, with Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. And I know it had to do with yeah. uh, like, it was a Chris, modern Christmas story and I was really had glowing, happy th- thoughts about it. And, um, I, I'll always, I'll still watch Christmas story. That's a thing. But, uh, um, it's, it's something that I think is perfectly only watched around Christmas time. And that makes me happy. Sure. I like having those things. I mean, uh, nightmare before Christmas is always around this time of year. We're Halloween time. We always watch that thing. Cause it's just a thing to watch. And I think the uh, eight bit Christmas will be one of those things. But anyway, um, I like watching those kind of very Christmas, even if they're cheesy, you know, to, to see what they're like. Uh, granted you're right. The one like with uh, Brooke Shields is, I wish they were more cheesy than that one. Um, right. Not that, that one was this, this Lindsay good. Lohan one. I think I'm going to recommend to some of my family. Like, I don't <laughs> think they'll all sit down and watch it, but I think maybe like, um, mom and becca my youngest sister might might sit down and watch it and so i kind of want to recommend it just for um 
the text that I might get in the middle of the movie where my youngest sister will say, like, dude, what the heck is this? <laughs> That's great. Or what even is this movie? <laughs> what even is this? Yeah, I had... Uh, um that's the the ones where I'll tell I'll have family members watch ones that you watch and and they're they always shake their head and they're like Dennis Dennis is making us watch this I'm like yeah I always blame those on you so <laughs> Dennis is making me watch we actually she Shelly had sat down today or we started watching everything everywhere I've told her it's one of my top five movies and yeah. it, I saw it on a thing recently and she's and she's always been like well watch it let's watch it she's doesn't watch a whole lot of movies. Uh, so she's, right. but she's always excited to watch something, um, but she'll get tired and then not be able to watch it all the way through. Uh, so she's been kind of always bringing this back up. Like we should watch that movie. We should watch that movie. And then we get a chance. So um, uh, we sat down and she said, you want to watch that movie? It was early in the evening and, you know, about I don't know, six or seven. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was like, yeah, this is great. Exciting. So we started watching it. And, she, and then she stopped. She said, oh, wait, are you supposed to watch a show for your thing this week we can watch that if you want and it was cinema paradiso and i was like no i don't think i think you'd be probably upset with dennis at having to watch, to watch that one <laughs> <laughs> we'll watch everything everywhere by the way which we only got only got halfway through it so um we're gonna watch the rest of that one but because she was i she wasn't was sure i wasn't sure where you were going with that story i wasn't sure if you were gonna say she got to a certain point in everything everywhere and wondered if this was one of my one of your picks no. picks yeah it's 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 interesting because you know um, because she doesn't watch a whole lot of movies and when she watches movies they're very targeted like um, Gone Girl was probably one thing that she absolutely loved in the whole world kind of example um, they're thriller type you know murder murder mystery crime m- things mystery you know? kind of stuff yeah, yeah yeah so so watching oddball off the wall things are you know kind of a roll of the dice whether she'll like it or not i think she was kind of like something but it's it, we've talked about everything everywhere several times it is kooky is all kooky can get um yeah i mean did did y'all get to the um uh the fanny pack oh um, we got past that we got to the to okay. the uh um the phallic devices right right we, we, we got to that that's where we we stopped it after that fight and not that it was bad it's just she was getting tired at that point and um, and I wanted her like, you know, keep on because there's some, you know, there's uh, the through the absurdity of that movie. It's the 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 relevant, poignant parts of relationships and stuff like that that you don't want her to miss. Right. Where she's tired. Right. So like, OK, this is a good stop. But yeah, I stop. Yeah. We're over the top ridiculous. And I know it's going to start getting into relationship stuff more. Uh, I think that movie just throws crazy at you uh, intentionally. Right. And For then, sure. And then For so sure. is it. Yeah. So, um I have to make sure that we we immediately follow it up as soon as possible, so so she doesn't like just think that movie is just crazy absurd and then and lose stuff. But um, and just nonsense, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I did notice something on that too. Uh, just those who, who watch that show and things, I've watched it several times now, but not until this play, uh, playthrough did I realize that spoiler if you not watched it, um, the timeline that the movie kind of ends and resolves stuff in isn't the one they start in if that makes sense that's very in uh in the know if you've watched that movie but th- there's yeah. multi multiverses right and mm-hmm. it, and at one point when she, she her like she's doing the main story and meeting with the tax lady and stuff and it's all the kind of the normal stuff um the she starts having her 
husband from another universe come in and teach her the whole plot of the story of the show, right? And right then, but that that timeline doesn't isn't the main one that the show ends with because um, which I I didn't realize um, very early on she kind of like accidentally jumps to one and he and the husband says she's back where she went home and did her taxes instead. And mm. then, and then we, we do flip back into that later on as she's just kind of, it's just a very normal universe, but she is aware of the bigger picture, you know, that character. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that we don't, the one that we end up in doesn't have any fantastical things that happen. It's, just kind of normal resolution. So that I appreciated it more. I guess I it's just me wanna, saying. I kind of want to watch that again. And I wonder if I'm, I'm spending Thanksgiving with my sister and brother-in-law and the rest of the family isn't going to be there except maybe Sarah will be there. I don't know. Hmm. Um, and I wonder if they've seen that, if I could show them that they yeah. would probably appreciate it. <laughs> Sydney was watching with us cause she loves it. Absolutely loves it too. So she sat down and um, hard to get her to watch something and she'll sit down and was watching the thing. And she said, she made the comment. I didn't realize that ninety percent of this movie takes place in the IRS building. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. They they don't really leave for very long. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking of the line with the, uh, um, with Michelle Yeoh and uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis at the end about the hands. Oh, the- I'm like I'm like that's so dumb and so good. Like, what is this movie? <laughs> this, she, she, uh, we saw the hot dog hands thing, and mm-hmm. and that's another thing is I I got to get Shelly to keep watching it because there's so many absurd things, but that absurd every absurd moment is relevant as you go through, right? You know, right? And and and, yeah, and every it makes no sense every, at the beginning, but later on, every it, dumb uh, gag, it's like watching a Charlie Chaplin movie where you're like, oh yeah, it's funny, he swallowed a whistle. No, we're gonna watch him stumble around and choke and make bird sounds because he swallowed a whistle for the next five solid minutes <laughs> right yeah. um except it's like oh that's funny she said ratatouille but with a raccoon like yeah. she she has the name wrong like you know people do like parents do don't yeah. remember the right names of things and then it's a major story element like exactly. 40 minutes later and you're like what? Yeah, yeah. Th- this and this is that movie's amazing, is touching and amazing, right? The, rec- the Rekakuni and the the hot dog hands and the rock and you know just the bagel, right? You know, it mm-hmm. all seems like just throwaway gags the first time you see them, which she's seen. And I got, I have to get her back on it so she can watch the actual parts of where it starts to the the, yeah. the payoff, the payoff, right? And things. you don't know it's a payoff is the key part. So well, we didn't spend, right. spend too long talking about this movie, but um, yeah, go go watch that movie if you listen to us rant about a thing you don't have no idea about everything everywhere yeah. all at once. Go yeah. go watch that one. Um, I, I, I wanted um, to say something about a movie I watched called The Northman. Um, it's I, it's funny that it's called the Northman because I think I always call the the main actor Eric Northman. Um, he's right. a Skarsgård uh, from True Blood, and his character's name was Eric Northman, and he was a, a Viking. He's a vamp. He plays a vampire that was a Viking. It's not the what's his what's his first name? Do you know? Uh, it's it's Stellan Skarsgård's kid. How's that? <laughs> so maybe he's Alexander. 
Yes, I think I think that might be. That There's might a be right. okay. I would have I would have said Alexander, but I think Stellan Skarsgård is the one that we see much more often. Um, I just watched something he was in. Stellan's the dad, I think. That's that's. Um, oh, he's in he's in Andor. Oh yes, right? yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he's 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 amazing. He's a and so crazy the, good. The, Alexander is this guy. Well, yes, this, you're right. Alexander yeah, the dad him. you see much more often, and then the son is. I say Eric Northman. He was in something else too, but he's in a lot of things. He really is um, kind of character. I just think of him as Eric he, Northman. From recently, the, the biggest thing on TV, people might know, he was uh, one of the main characters in the Godzilla versus King Kong movie, um, which okay, was right, but not right. great, you know. Um, but no, anyway, the Northman. It's a Viking. It's a Viking movie. The only thing I have to say about it, I, I'm a big Viking person, uh, and right. I found this one rough. Uh, it's good. That's a word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, but rough. Um, how do I say this? It's, I think it's only good for a certain kind of person. Um, mm. And sure. it's, yeah. it's obviously very bloody. They're very open about it being very violent and bloody. Um, mm-hmm. Not overly so, but just, I mean, it's overly so. But I mean, they, they don't, they're not, no, it is. It's, I would say it's gratuitous at times too. Um, but it feels, I mean, in as much as we know anything about Vikings yeah. in, in reality for being yeah, whatever, like a thousand years ago, yeah. basically, maybe yeah. not quite, maybe like 900 years. Um, You know, I mean, they had a particular kind of culture that was all but wiped out by, yeah. you know, Catholic Christians moving in and, uh, you know, re-racing their... I mean, we know some North Norse mythology, but it's, yeah. you know, most of it's written and told by Christians at the time, ancient Christians. Sure. Um, and so, you know, we don't know. I mean, and as like, like most culture in that era, right. It's, it's the quote unquote dark ages, right? Like we have yes, some information, right. but it's like, you know, there's debate over whether, um, um, King Arthur was a real person. Of course. Right? If right, there was yeah, a yeah. real person it's it's based on or if it's just legends. A lot of it yeah. uh I heard that on a podcast recently and they talked about some of those names. Um maybe you knew this and I didn't know this, but um what's the other show? Last Kingdom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of those names were real people. The actual like yes. Eth- Ethelred and, and mm-hmm. Alfred um the flood like we're real people who you know did this sort of fighting conquering to unite um uh the anglo-saxons into one country that they called england england yeah um yeah right anyway uh generally a savage people though i mean right what i remember yeah what i remember from I say that lovingly, I, by the way, because I'm that's my ancestors. I'm a Scandinavian as it goes through through Scotland. So, right. Yeah. Um I I saw that movie in the theater, right? So it's been a year ago, almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember very little of it. Um I can understand that. But yeah. I I do remember it being very like bloody and gruesome and some of that is the kind of stuff like a like true blood or spartacus or some of those shows that were on the the um 
I don't know what you call them, the like, what we used to think of as the edgier, uh, and edgy has a whole weird connotation, but like, uh, basically what I mean is HBO Cinemax stars, um, that would, that would make these TV shows that were very like, no holds barred. Like, this is TVMA, so we're going to show you slow motion blood like you saw in 300 but it's going to be every week yeah um or you know true blood which is you know totally different kind of horny vampires and And they're going to show you horny vampires every week type thing yeah right right and um that's the kind of stuff that when i see just like some comic book story with a lot of punching and like judo chops and stuff i'm like okay this is not nothing about this is making me angry the way that a lot of the fights in spartacus made me feel (laughs) and so i'm like sure they're fighting can we get back to something interesting yeah this this this, that's the thing about why you said kind of forgettable i can understand that not that it's Mm -hmm. i want to knock it because it's not terrible either um it's it's the story itself is nothing new like it's it's a vengeance story. I've seen it in right. every period piece from not just period, like even modern period piece of like uh, kids. Dad is killed by their uncle, and he gets you know almost murdered, but gets you know gets away and is raised by another people. Comes back to avenge his his father. That's the story. There's not the only twist. Maybe a twist is something with Nicole Kidman's character, but it's only slight, and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect the plot terribly much. And it, he's, it's just vengeance. It's just Viking anger, vengeance stuff. And, and I mentioned earlier being a brutal, savage people. That's what the Vikings were known for, the Norsemen. Um, they, they don't have a, a rosy, you know, even the Scandinavian people will, will tell you it's, you know, in their blood to be or in their understanding that raiding and taking from other people is a thing that is part of their culture. And that's yeah, not yeah. A, I mean, a, it, a good thing per se, right? Um, when you when you think about a lot of portrayals of orcs or Klingons, yeah, a lot of that has its roots in the Vikings or at least the 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 mythology or the mythos of of Vikings. It's like yeah. here are these people, and they, I mean, and they the, lived in a brutal time where you know just they brutal, lived in a brutal, in a brutal time in a hard land hard like land right yeah difficult difficult to survive and they have i mean the the klingon uh afterlife of stovokor is like a a, a mirror or a, or like it's a flavor of valhalla, valhalla. right yeah right like like yeah. they can't there are some exceptions but if you are a warrior um you don't get to the good afterlife unless you die in battle and yes. so right you you fight like they fight that's how it works. Yeah. 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 And, and, and this, and that's, that's, this is too. So, so I, I'm not knocking it on what I'm with, what I'm saying, it doesn't have a lot of story because that's what it is. Is you want to see, if you want to see a Viking movie of people set in Viking times, not, not trying to give you a, a sugary plot or a complex thing or a thriller or whodunit, but literally like following somebody on a basic plot line, because back then you didn't have a whole lot of, you know, deep thought on things. You're just surviving from day to day. And as a slave and things like that, you just survive and hope to come best. And that's what this is. It's just 
a brutal Viking revenge vengeance story with all of the stuff. And it's got a couple good scenes. I thought the big shield fight at the very end, the, the, the ultimate battle that happens was really good and really cool. Um, as they say at the gates of hell, um, some of mm-hmm. the, the fantastical parts when like they'd see Odin or see the, um, um, the Valhalla, so the Valkyrie or something Valkyries, in their visions yeah. was cool and really well done. Acting was really cool. Then, uh, Alexander Skarsgård was intense the entire time and focused, um, but it didn't, it doesn't do anything from a story wise. You could watch it, see it and forget it. And I understand that. Now my, one of my favorite Viking movies is the 13th warrior. It is much more Hollywood ish. Um, but that has a, if I pick a Viking movie, I pick that one. They're not as brutal. They're much more honorable type Viking people. Um, but it has a story, right. And, and a, sure. an arc type thing. This one, was not. I'm glad I watched it because it's another Viking movie in my arsenal of things that I could pull out. But I don't know if I'd want to watch it again for any real particular reason. Um, so, yeah, that's my critique on that one. All right. Moving along. What do we got the rest of this week? Um, so you guys um, did a did a board game weekend. Over yeah. at uh, our buddy Chris, as Captain Chris, as you like to call him, mm-hmm. we'll we'll sometimes um, call it camping when we go, we go to Captain Chris's when we don't do any camping. But we, yeah, I mean things. you, p- people stayed over, right? Yeah, we all stay over. That's that's why we kind of but I think you, we call it camping. But you week. slept in the house because there was snow on the ground. It was like twenty degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the the original of that one was uh, we had you know Chris had bought a new house out, and we we always want to we used to go camping out at Chris's house. When he lived out in oh, the woods, right. and that we have some yeah, very yeah, yeah. infamous stories about that, those camping things we've had out there uh, right. that involves you and a couple of your family members. And um, it, so it's a big thing camping at Chris's. But he moved to this new place and he's got some camping area, but uh, we're like, you got to come over to his house and we'll call it camping. And then we didn't camp, we just had like fire on the back porch. Um, yeah, but then he, play doesn't, games the whole he time. doesn't live out in the woods anymore. Like yeah, right. To. So so we uh, so what we do is we just go there and still camp air quotes but it's just a, a basically a let's all play games not just all day which we will occasionally do but also spend the night and it's it's one of those uh, Shell and I were talking it's a uh, adults can get together drink a little bit too much maybe and it's a safe place that you don't drive home or do anything else and you feel okay doing that and just I was I was going to say a second ago it's like it's like a grown up sleepover yeah exactly right I don't. I don't want to say adult sleepover because adult <laughs> has a different uh, a connotation there. Yeah, but, you, um, you just play until you can't play anymore, and then you crawl into the corner. I mean, we have it with ICGCon type type thing, but this is a little bit lighter. And, you know, you crawl into I found a, a bed that was in a, basically a Harry Potter closet and, and fell asleep in there. And, you know, it, it was great. So we played games. Uh, most of them were games that we had played before, like Northgard. I think we've talked about on this on the show. Maybe not, mm-hmm. but it, it's a good it's a good game. It's one of those ones that doesn't. If you look at it, it doesn't look like it's uh, fancy pieces or anything, but it's real fun. It's it doesn't feel like it's very long, uh, easy to understand. Um, mm-hmm. good, I thought I thought Northgard's a pretty pretty solid game. I like it a lot. Um, uh, Terraforming Mars with an expansion they played. Played a new game that I own that I bought at um, Gen Con called Rail Raiders. You might like it actually. It's um, the minis are kind of chibi minis, but they're um, 
remember SteamWorld games like SteamWorld Heist and SteamWorld Dig? Yeah, I played a couple of those. What's yeah. it called? Uh, Rail oh. Raiders. Ra- Rail Raiders. Okay. Yeah. And and the, the miniatures are all that. They're like steampunk robot uh, cowboys type thing. And the theme is that you're you're the like um, cowboy raiders on raiding a train that's on a rail, you know, like a hover train type thing. Um, sure. And you have to go through and fight robot law 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 dogs and um, get loot as you're going on the train. And at the end of the time, whoever has the most loot wins. Um, it's I bought it and it comes with an expansion and all the miniatures were painted by somebody very lovingly and they're just gorgeous. Whoever painted them was awesome. And I got it for like 10 bucks. Um, nice. And, and the part, the, the parts are all nice and everything. Part, the mechanics are pretty good. It's a lot. There is a lot of randomness to it because uh, you like you roll dice. The custom made dice are six sided. It's nine through ace. And then you roll the dice and five dice and whatever poker hand is the highest wins. Um, okay. So it's kind of poker cool. themed. Well, yeah, it is. That sounds pretty cool. But the problem is, is that it, that's it. It's not like a, a lot of things you can do. Now there is game mm. mechanics in the game. When you get a weapon, you get a reroll or you get a, um, another thing where you can roll an extra dice type stuff. So, okay. so there are definitely a little bit of, a little bit of mitigation to that. Yeah, there's a little bit, but, but not a lot. So there's a lot of that. And we did, that's something that was really bad in our, our one playthrough we played through was that Justin, um, rolled every highest hand you could possibly roll for the first hour of the game. Like he rolled, mm. you know, at one point he rolled all five. He had six dice and he rolled all six aces. And then he rolled flush to, you know, <laughs> royal flushes every time. It was sure. crazy how, he, and then because it was the rich getting richer type thing, he went every fight, got every loot. And then he right. was able to roll six dice instead of five and then re-roll things when nobody else could. So because of that randomness, it that wasn't great. Um uh, but the the gameplay was real fun. It we quit about halfway through because with the expansion you can play six players. It was made for four, but the expansion mm. gives you like two extra sets of dice, and right. you can play six, and it lets you give you more train cars to play with. Um, but that makes it take too long. It slows right? everything down. It yeah, slows everything down. Like common. I can see with four players, it coming back to my turn and being fine, but. After my turn was done, I just had to sit there for a long time. And a lot of the yeah. mechanics are made so that everyone can join in on a fight, right? They, like almost mm. if you're in the car, then someone does a thing, you can stop them and try to and be that. So everyone, it keep, it's intentionally keeping everyone involved. But with six players and a bigger train, everyone is more spread out. And so you don't either have opportunities or it's not, you know, it's your way, their way on the other side of the train. Um, so... We all agreed it was just taking way too long. And we got halfway through the game and we realized that the game mechanics shifts, which I won't go into. Um, and we were like, okay, we're just going to kind of end it here because it was a long, lot longer. And we, and it's just, it's not fun when you don't sit and don't do anything for, you know, 15 sure. minutes between, between turns. Uh, but we all agreed that it would be a great fun game with four. Uh, but six is just, just too much, which is, uh, sure. it's important to note on a game, right? You know, some games are really great with not the max numbers. Uh, yeah, know. that's a that's a feature that is often helpful on um, the website Board Game Geek. Yes, um, you know you can go to a game and they have ratings, but the ratings are really like almost everything is between high five and you know like yeah maybe eight right right almost everything hovers around a seven right um but they have numbers there like weight 
right? And, mm -hmm. and player count. And they'll show you both the published, like, here's what's on the box. It says, yeah. you know, two to four, but it's really best with two. Yes. Or yes. it's two to six, but it's really best with four. And that's, a, um, that's such great. Those are great ratings yeah. to have, right? Like the real ones, you know, right. 60 to 90 minutes and actually takes, you know, 180 minutes. Um, <laughs> right, right. Right. So, and, and I, I, I wish that they were more like that. Like I wish that there was on the boxes best with two. And I know designers will probably all say, oh, it's, we designed it for six. So play with six, you know, mm -hmm. but you know, I don't know. Designers are another another breed, but um, yeah. This, this, so this one, Rail Raiders, better with four. I bet you it was really played great with four and fun and quick um, and do. So that was the new one. Um, besides that, I think that was the the most new games that we played. Watched some Weird Al Yankovic. Did we talk about that show on this on this uh, podcast? The Weird uh, thing. I maybe we didn't because I think, we, I think it happened last week, didn't it? It did, but. You lost connection or fell asleep or something before the end. My phone died. And so discord on it with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe we talked about it at a high level, but didn't talk about the end. Yeah. I still have to watch the, the end. Of it. I, I, again, I, I was watching it the, the night thing and I, and I fell asleep, uh, but not because of the show. It was again, because it was like two in the morning and. and oh, you know what? I'm, I'm confusing. Um, our buddy Fox fell asleep even earlier than you lost connection mm. um and yeah. so he watched it again with his family or some of his family i think yeah. um and so he was he was raving about it uh, uh i i liked this uh, week i will say uh pat our buddy pat had had not seen it and was playing a game but i had it on and was watching it ac across the room and he would come back and he'd be like you know what's really great was when they when they did uh like beat it, and that was his big one. And I was like, "Just wait, you can watch this." Like that's a whole plot that it's his big one. You know, <laughs> it's his big song. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he would come back later, and he's like, "You know, Wolfman Jack talked about this other one, and that was when they like played the played the spoons on the accordion." And I was like, "Just wait, he's gonna do that. he's gonna do that, but in a hilarious way that you would not have guessed." Um, yeah. With the yeah. bassist from Queen and Wolfman Jack challenging him at a party. Um, yeah. so yeah, th that is a great is. movie. It's even, it is. Yeah. I, I was wondering if it was just me watching it late at night that one time, but no, I, it's just great. Um, I'm going to try, and this is a tall order, but I'm going to try and, uh, and organize a viewing of that over Christmas. If my brothers have not seen it. Yeah. We've <laughs> nice. talked about it because I remember talking about Amish paradise, uh, Amish paradise. and stuff and stuff last week. Yeah. So we watched kid. it again uh, and it was just as good the second time. And and I do think the the one of the highlights of that show is um that you don't have to watch it all. Like that you can just jump in and it could be on at the house and then you you know like you have at Christmas time when people are over and it's a, a show is on and then you just mm -hmm. stop and watch the TV for a shot or a scene. Um Right. Th that's this could be very much one of those movies that could just be on all the time. Um it's great because everybody loves a good weird, weird owl, right? He's, he's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. I think that's all I had for it for stuff. We did play a game. Did you play Mindbug? Have you played that game? I played it. Um, when you're in town. I, yeah, while I was in town. It's. Um, I compare it a lot to uh, Keyforge, but it yeah, is sure. a dueling card game mm -hmm. that is designed to be. 
very random, but very fast, right? Very so fast, it's, yes. It's got a little bit of that, what I think of as a, as a, um, oh, what do you call that genre of games? Um, like, uh, like CCG? Fort- no, like Fortnite and PUBG <laughs> and... Oh, the Battle Arena games? Like Battle Arena, but a game <laughs> that you get into, you get into, you lose, you you fail out, and then you just queue up another one. Oh, like, just right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah this has that very much so. It's, it's quick, it's easy, there, it's, yeah. There's a term for that that I'm completely spacing on, but um, this is that idea. So um, there are a deck of cards, and each player gets dealt 10 of them. There are no automatic redraws which i didn't realize the first and time the, I played. the decks also aren't big and they're not big quickly like, like each person gets 10 cards so that's your whole then you get three health and then you play like magic or hearthstone or mm-hmm. uh insert ccg game that you know Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon or whatever mm-hmm. um but you'll need no, 10 no cards. mana so it's just a so card. there's no you mana any there's card. no yeah. lands there's no like this on this round whatever no card um, cost it's just you can play a card no card could you just play one at a time which is and important. then yeah. it's important and each player has two mind bugs which are like a trump ability where you when you flip one of those over you can steal one of your opponent's uh creatures yeah you you and get the card the awesome card they just played yeah, you get the awesome card, but you can only do that twice. And yes. so you have a kind of good idea of what cards you have, but not really. You don't build your deck. It's generated randomly. So that's the thing that's Keyforge-like. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Except instead of like procedurally generated decks, you just get 10 random cards from the yeah. pack. And so you might get a pretty crappy hand, but you still have two mind bugs that you could maybe used to your advantage but it it definitely has that like if you're not paying attention if you miss something and you make a mistake your opponent wins because it's so it's in so, so low quick, so low and yeah, then it's, it's like, over it's like, yeah. and, and you're like okay well i played you played a whole game and it took five minutes or it took yeah. us longer because we were still learning it but i think right. once you know it the matches could take five minutes yeah and, um, and this this sounds like Oh, uh, just a little game, but I think it's got a, like a lot of little strategy and, and nuance because it is uh, to our our buddy Trotsky's uh, desires is very magic based and it has similar mechanics with like uh, attack and defense on cards. There's like what uh, magic players may know of like stealth or you know um, shadow cards, and it's got flying and some things like that. Um, and so it's got a lot of those mechanics to it. But my favorite part of the game is when we said there's no mana cards or you can steal cards is that every card of those 10 cards, unlike Keyforge, every card is great. Like every single one, even the one that has like does one damage has like instantly kill another player. Right. It's right. Uh, or get two victory points when you hit somebody. They're all good. And so you only have 10 cards, but every one is great. And which one do you steal? Because they have 10 great cards, too. And the game is so quickly that you want to steal this. So the mind bug, hence the name of the game, is the key component of a game that you, if you think Magic the Gathering with no mana and playing all seven cost cards, you know, um, the game is over quickly. I liked it. I I liked it a lot. I would definitely play it again. And I think, um, you know, I love those collectible card games, but who can, our age at least, and, and busyness in life can buy those things and, Deck build can manage and, that and like 
do yeah. all the homework to build a good and, deck. And, yes. And, and the most important you could do we could do that. The most important part is finding other people to do that with us on the same level. And you can't. Right. But Mindbug is something you can still do that with quickly and teach anyone very quickly without all the necessary things. So I would do that. As a matter of fact, that kind of makes me want to think want to buy that game. because um, I could take it to game nights of things and easily play it. Only problem is it's one V one. So um, Yeah. But I think I think one does one deck get you two get you four players or just two? I I, buy, I honestly don't know. Buy a couple decks. I I can't imagine it. It's very expensive. No, I couldn't. I couldn't either. Um, but yeah, good. Just good, buy good, two good. decks, and then you get get two games going, and you switch off. Uh, yeah, switch off opponents. I I I play winner. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I put the winner plays, and you just play it next. Yeah, you can even have like little quick tournaments, you know, uh, for mm-hmm. elimination stuff. Uh, okay, so we're running low on time, but the last thing I was going to mention here was uh, we played Gloomhaven on a night, the digital Gloomhaven. You and I did with uh, Captain Chris and Trotsky. Trotsky um, yep. I don't think I have anything new on that. We, it's the first time we've played since they officially launched. Right now, it's the actual oh, okay. campaign. Um, right. But I don't think I have anything new. It's it's still a good transition, right? You would agree that it's still mm-hmm. Gloomhaven? Yeah. And we, we lost horribly, which is accurate. We did lose well. horribly. I love how we went into it and all of us were picking the quests that were like, oh, it's it's going to be fine. We're like, you know, it's We've the all played this before. The, the first mission is going to be kind of easy to tour. And it just, like, every time we opened a door, we're like, wait, there's 13 guys in here and we're all bleeding. <laughs> I, I remember that that's how yeah, that game always was, but man, we just weren't prepared for that. No, um, right. And and I think you were the last one that lived even, and where I was like, man, I, I, I don't know how we could win that, but you, you know it is. So it's it's got all the good Gloomhaven stuff. It's just as good as it was when in, in early access. Um, I still think it's a, a good purchasable game, especially playing it solo is fantastic too. It really is. Hmm. Um, the other thing I don't like that they changed, it sounds like, is that, like, remember we it used to share money? Like, you pick up gold, and it would yep. split apart. Now it doesn't. It, like, you hoard it like it does in the real. It plays more like the board game. That's something I didn't yeah. like about the board game is the board game has, it's a cooperative game that puts a lot of elements to make you not play cooperatively. Yes, and exactly. Not a fan of that. Not a fan of that in the real board game, and I'm not a fan of that in the real thing. And I wish there was a way you could just take it off. And it, you play locally on the real board game. We just don't play with those cards, you know. Right. Um, or or play with them face up so everybody knows that. Hey, I need to get. I need to not heal or something, you know. If that's mm-hmm. what you do. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's all we got, man. We did a lot. Next week, I'll watch some. I'll watch some Wakanda Forever stuff. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've got that. Um, I started watching C. The, oh uh, yeah, C. Yeah. You said that. It's the. I was going to ask you all sorts of questions about that. It's an apple. It's an apple original with Jason Momoa. Um, It's an interesting concept. It has the the best way I describe it is it's like a dystopian YA novel. I mean, it's a series, but it's adapted from books. I'm certain. It 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 has the vibe of a dystopian YA novel, except the author wanted to be clear wanted to make sure people understood that it's not YA. So it <laughs> okay. has a lot of the same like sort of flavor and, and maybe that's just a dystopian thing that is just become a popular uh, style of YA. 
um, and the two were not always so interlinked. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's this thing where it's, it's the future, but there's a gimmick, right? Like I read a series of novels that were, um, dystopian YA where at some point somebody declared the whole planet, a national park and enforced the like rules of preserving, you know, pristine nature yeah uh with killer drones and robots and stuff and so all the humans had to go hide in bunkers and just a few of them left of course bunkers built in old nuke silos um because humans couldn't survive on the surface because the the automated national park service or whatever um drones would kill them all um, yeah. and so it's like, that's the thing. It's like, here's the world. And then you do all this world building, but it's all kind of based in this one, uh, you know, gimmick is a derogatory word, but, um, this one, if you've seen the trailer, uh, the, the premise is that, um, some disease or virus wiped out almost all of humanity and the few humans who survive, it's like a couple million on the whole planet. Okay. Um, they're all blind. Like everyone's blind. And so they survive this way. And so much time has passed that the idea of humans seeing the idea of vision is, is, is like a myth. People don't believe that it's a thing that ever existed. And there's a weird kind of future church that, uh, treats it as heresy, right? Like to even say it like, identifies you as a witch and then they burn them (laughs) yeah that would make sense though yeah that's the that's the stuff that feels kind of ya to me except there are things that happen between characters and things that they do that i'm like this wouldn't be in a ya novel so the you know i'm like was the author like no no this this is for adults um (laughs) (laughs) but i'm i want to say like four or five maybe six episodes into it um it's interesting. It's definitely one of those that has a lot of good stuff. And every once in a while you're like, eh, really? Is that a thing? But <laughs> we'll see. There are yeah. three. I think there are just three total seasons for the whole story. Um, I'm obviously still in the first season. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the question I have for you then, here's the primary question. And the only reason I hadn't watched it w- w- was like turn off to even turning it on. Um is it believable? I think many shows that have uh, uh, sight impaired people in it, it's like Daredevil, right? Like, oh, he still walks right. around and talks to people and looks at people as if he has eyes anyway. They just put glasses on him to show that he's not. He's, you know, he's not. But he still does everything normal like a sighted person would. Does this have a lot yeah. of that where, where you're like, it's basically a movie about sighted people and just saying they're not sighted? Or is no. it? no. There, Does it there be are definitely true to not things, being able to see things. There are definitely things that they do that you're like, uh, would they really do that that way? But they I mean, live... like if, if people are in a fist fight that, that are that are blind people, two people in a blind fist fight, I don't think it's going to be ninja martial arts against each other, right? There's there's more of that than probably I would expect, um, okay. but. There, there's a certain level of like 
the whole like it's everyone is blind right and so mm-hmm. it's not just two blind people it's that everyone is blind and so everybody was raised in a culture of fighting and surviving and because they're they live kind of like vikings right where yeah. they're raising animals and you know living in these little villages and then they have um the houses are all lined up perfectly straight okay they're little they're little hut houses that they live in and then they have ropes run probably like eight feet off the ground um that run like in a straight line down the main road and everybody right. has like a stick or a staff or Jason Momoa has some kind of bladed thing like a long like a lacrosse thing but with a blade instead I don't know what that's called okay and so they'll like there's that rope but then it also has like not ribbons but like little feathers or strings hanging down from it so it's like something that people can touch to to guide them as they walk down the street right so they're not tapping the ground like a like a walking cane like a blind person's walking cane whatever you call that um, the, all so, the trailers yeah, that's, looked great and, and compelling. It was that that was probably the the kind of side eye I was having it for the whole time. Yeah, like, and the, Jason Momoa, who's an action star, and you're like, he's going to be fighting and doing like ninja moves, and there are going to be a bunch of uh, you know sight impaired people all fighting in a big battle. And and if it was real, I would just look at him just swinging at the air, not knowing where anybody's at. And like, right. So there's, yeah, and there's there's some of that where you're like, okay, they're probably, like, they can hear, they can feel, there's some more, not Daredevil level, but, you know, they're, they're, they've all lived their whole lives and their whole culture using just those four senses. Um, and so some of it, yes, some of it is like, okay, yeah, that looks like how this would work. And then every once in a while, there's something where I'm like, "Uh, how did that person do that without, um, you know, whatever. Um, but it's overall good so far. Um, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it did look good. Like I said, the the production values and the actors and acting looked pretty good. So that's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Where is my note thing? You've been listening to the front porch. This is episode 271. Thanks always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out and read reviews on things. That's what I always say. <laughs> um, if you want to reach out to us and tell us your favorite campy, cheesy, so bad it's good Christmas movies that we yeah, should watch in December. Yeah, give us some uh, tips there. Um, you can leave a comment on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, or you can email us directly if you're into that. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a review, we always appreciate that. It helps us out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.